0: Uh, this is our formerly podcast, now Facebook live show, because in an effort to see people virtually when we can't see them in person, we decided to take this to add a video component. As you can tell, I'm rocking the uh, Corona beard. So joining me today is Damon Burton, who's going to tell us an interesting story behind his name and then talk about <laughs> SEO National, and his company. Uh, but before I let him share that information, one, I'm going to double check that the video is going. And yes, it is. So, too, if you're enjoying these and our other videos, please go ahead over to our YouTube channel and subscribe over there. Mark's going to drop the link in here. We're up to about 60 subscribers on YouTube, trying to hit 100 so we can get that branded URL, and then I can stop bothering all of you without subscribing <laughs> to our YouTube page. So, with that, enough about me. Let's talk about Damon, not Damon Burton. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks, guys. I I like your transparency that <laughs> you're bringing to the discussion already. You know, you have the yeah. corona beard. I have the yeah. corona hair. You try to be nice, and
0: then and then you try to be honest. So, and sometimes those things are mutually exclusive, and sometimes they're not. So, yeah,
1: yeah. So the the name thing, you know, before we jumped on, you were just double checking the name. And so, I've been married for almost 14 years, and my wife has a twin brother, and so my name is Damon, and he calls me Damien, and we're like, Brandon. By now, you should know it's Damon. He goes, I don't care. That's your name.
0: <laughs> there we go. You you are the uh, the Antichrist from uh, the Omen. <laughs>
1: Apparently. Does he not like you
0: or is he thinking Oh, funny? no, no,
1: no. We're totally cool. He just is like, whatever. I just, it's oh. my thing. <laughs> All right. There we go. So tell
0: us a little bit more about SEO National.
1: Uh, SEO National. So I founded the company 13 years ago. As the name implies, we focus on SEO. And if you're not familiar with what that is, search engine optimization. And the goal in, in what that does is to bring your website higher up on search engines, but without paying for ads.
0: All right. And so do you all focus on any specific types of industries or just businesses looking to grow through SEO?
1: Yeah, not so much any particular industry. And and interestingly enough, you guys being in the legal space is, is one of the reasons why we don't focus on an industry because, you know, you're probably seeing some of the, you know, attorney... SEO companies, and then there's the dentist SEO companies. And so the problem that I usually see with those type of agencies is they don't have well documented processes that they can just roll out and apply to the majority of businesses. And a lot of times, you, what the problem you run into when you see the the quote unquote you know lawyer SEOs is they take the same content or same strategies and repurpose it for all of their clients. And so now they have this content that goes out that says, uh, you know, read this article about Florida, you know, legal case XYZ. And then they take that same thing and just template it out. And so now it's on a thousand other blogs, read this article about New York legal XYZ. And so when you end up not diversifying that content, actually bringing a unique strategy to your website, Google basically says, well, if you're not publishing unique content, then why would I rank you uniquely? So we kind of take a a standard process that we've documented out that we can uh, apply to just any industry, but based on the specifics of that and do the research behind it to to bring that to a a custom tailored kind of rollout to each client.
0: All right. And so if people listen to this know they need some SEO help, we've got seonational.com. What other contact information do you want to give to people?
1: man we're just getting right to it <laughs> yeah well so
0: i figure you do it at the beginning we do it at the end and then you can sell people on it towards the end so this way they don't have to go back you know like some people will know they need it right they're already yeah. they're here but it's we, uh, we
1: prepped it's, it It's funny because I often talk about, you know, sell without selling and give value. And so it's always interesting for me to come onto these and say, okay, well, what's your sales pitch (laughs) statement? So because I kind of talk to the opposite of that. But if we're jumping into a sales pitch, I don't really have one. But what I will tell you is I just wrote a book on SEO. If you're wanting people to, you know, figure out how to tackle it, wrote a book called Outrank. You can get a free copy on free. Book.com is like a guide, a roadmap for anybody that either wants to tackle SEO on their own. Then they have the blueprint, or to arm those that want to consider hiring an agency. What are the proper questions that you can ask to make sure that you actually hire somebody that knows what they're doing?
0: And you said that was free. SEObook.com. huh great URL. That is Thanks. dead on for what you got right there. <laughs>
1: Um, so in a, but in
0: addition to the website, like, is there, do you want, pe- is that how you want people to reach out to you guys through the website? Do you want them to call, email, contact information wise, anything well, else in particular? Uh,
1: I mean, yeah, you can contact us on seonational.com. The book is a good place though. It's kind of like a qualifier because we're not necessarily a budget agency. So usually by the time people come to us, they, they know that SEO is something that they need. And so we you know if you go through that process on there then on the thank you page it's just, there's no upsells or anything it's just a download on the next page but then i also invite you to i have a facebook group also called outrank where i give away free advice so we tend to work with medium to larger businesses and so that's a good qualify for me to say hey you know here's some great information for you see how far you can take it and if it doesn't work out then you can reach out to us
0: so i love how you phrase that i'm going to jump on that so how do people know if seo is right for them
1: yeah, it's a great question because a lot of marketers, even outside of SEO, they say SEO is the only thing or pay-per-click is the only thing or Facebook ads is the only thing. And I've never been one to say advertising is a zero-sum game. You know, if you can do SEO and it's profitable and it drives return, then do that. And if you're also doing paid ads and they're driving return, then do that also. So maybe the easiest way to answer, you know, who needs SEO is to buy is to disqualify who doesn't need SEO. Um, SEO is not something that it, it's a slow process and we can get into Why here in a minute, but SEO isn't something that you'll want to do if you're on a sinking ship. So it's not something that you can do quickly, and so there are other forms of advertising that can drive a quicker return. But if you understand why SEO takes time, and you have the runway with the A patience and B cash flow to support an SEO campaign, then by the time it kicks in, it's a lot more stable than other forms of advertising, and it tends to drive a bigger return because you don't have the varying paid ad budgets. You just have a consistent flat cost to your agency and it continues the the results continue to scale more and more and more. So you end up driving a bigger return. So the the first important thing is, you know, do you have cash flow and do you have the patience to actually give it the time to drive the value that it can bring?
0: And when you're talking about that patience, I mean what's the, you know, it's going to be different for every market, it's going to be different for every industry, but what's that? What's the wiggle room on that timeline? I mean, we're talking three months, six months, a year.
1: Usually want to say at least mentally commit to a year, you know, prior to 2011, 2012, when uh, some big algorithm changes came out, you could do the six month to a year thing, but now it's more like at least a year to 18 months. Um, and, th- and that kind of opens up the discussion into why. And the, the, the easiest way to answer why SEO takes so much time is because they're the, just the logistics behind how to do it correctly. So if you end up having the agencies or the overseas groups say we're going to do it in 30 days or for 99 bucks a month, it's just not logistically possible to build up the credibility and the reputation of a website in that fashion or for that budget. So the reason why it takes time is because a a variety of wild cards. One, you have to do your competitive analysis and research your market. Like who are you going to fight against? And what words are you going to attempt to optimize your website for? You don't want to be on the top of page one for a word that nobody searches and you can't monetize. So you have to have a very clear path because it's hard to change your trajectory into it and then start all over so you do all this research and then there's a big part of I I like to condense SEO into two buckets so bucket number one is what you do on your website bucket number two is what you do externally to your website so bucket number one takes time you got to improve the page speed you got to make it mobile friendly you got to map out a content strategy then once that's done the majority of the SEO benefits comes from all this bucket two efforts but then that's where the time comes in. It takes time to research what to write about. It takes time to write something effective. It takes time to distribute it. it. takes time for Google to find it. Then it takes time to repeat that and build up the credibility. So, yeah, you want to at least mentally commit to a year. And you'll see progress along the way. But that's generally about how long it takes to until you start to see the, the majority of your efforts kicking in.
0: Now, are you able to like, how does somebody know that they've succeeded from an SEO standpoint? Like, can you tell them, you know, based upon us running numbers for your area and your keywords, we expect you to get X number of leads per month, or is that too specific when it comes to organic SEO?
1: you can give estimates but to give estimates you have to have some historical data to quantify that against because what you're doing is is you have to understand okay are you an attorney in a specific city versus a state versus national you know the broader you go the more competition you have and then also the bigger or smaller your market cap is your audience so there's a huge discrepancy on what your potential reach is, depending on those geographical qualifiers. So if you can narrow that down and you have some historical data to reference against, then you can say, based on your historical lead quantity and volume, multiply that by you know 30% or 50% or whatever it is. And then you can back that out to a general number. But the most honest SEOs are going to be the ones that say, no, I can't give you a guarantee because of all these wild cards. But here's some realistic expectations. So
0: then is there, like, is there a middle ground where people will see the most, like, cause if I want to rank in downtown Manhattan for personal injury law or something like that, you mm-hmm. know, that's going to be incredibly competitive, but it might be more valuable than ranking for something in Wichita, Kansas, where there's 15 mm-hmm. people searching for, you know, a, a geothermal engineer or something like what's the... What's that middle ground, or is there one, or is it just really taking the industry and then running the keywords to see if the searches are there?
1: No, you definitely want to strategize it to be specific. So what you want to identify is what are some of the short-term targets versus the long-term targets. And it's better to have immediate relevancy in what you're targeting. So let's say the Manhattan one, sure, that's going to bring an infinite more quantity of searches than a more niche one, but that niche one may convert at a better rate because the intent behind that search query is more identical to what you offer and what the person searching needs. So you want to start with what you can monetize the quickest and what is most immediately relevant to what you offer. And when you start there, then you can get some you know, return on your investment. And then the other nice thing is as you scale your SEO efforts, let's say for easy numbers, you start with the target of 10 or 20 keywords. Obviously, everybody wants to rank for everything, but everything isn't immediately relevant. So you start with 10 or 20 or however many, which can vary depending on your industry. And then once you once you start to rank for those and establish that credibility and trust with Google, then you start to get rewarded for the, the other variants of those targets. So if you can establish credibility somewhere, then it makes it easier to establish more credibility elsewhere. So in
0: essence, I mean, you're really trying to get that pin size niche and then you can kind of expand out from there
1: it's going to depend on the industry yeah but there's definitely it's definitely easier to conquer a niche and and then grow that until you hit critical mass than to just run for a critical mass at the gates
0: gotcha okay so so maybe personal injury is hurting in you know major metropolitan areas not the right thing but maybe dealing with a certain type of car or a certain issue with airbags or something like that might be a better place to start and then work out
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we have a client that works in personal injury. And so they start their where they immediately monetized was TBI traumatic brain injuries. And so that's very niche. um, I I mean, relative to all the other options. And so they yes, they also target the generalized term uh, personal injury in their area, but they're able to immediately monetize personal injury. Um, you know, TBI or nursing home negligence, some of those more specific ones where the intent behind that somebody types that in versus the broad phrase of personal injury, they have a very specific case or need. And so it's much higher that they can convert when they go to a very specific landing page that says we can help you for this very specific thing. So it's easier to build your audience that way. It's quicker that way. And then you can take that momentum to scale to the broader targets.
0: So, you know, I know you talked about you want to focus on taking at least a year. I mean, what are some of the other kind of SEO myths that we hear about that aren't necessarily true? You know, like people advertising, I can get you on the first page in 90 days and that just being completely not, well, 99% not feasible, let's say. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other bad SEO stories or bad SEO advice that you see people taking elsewhere that ends up hurting them long term?
1: Yeah, there's a a couple that come to mind. The one thing I say is avoid the people that offer the guarantees because that's usually the sales pitch, guys. Um, There's nothing wrong with setting expectations, but it's better to have realistic expectations than guarantees because there's just so many moving parts. Anybody that knows what they're actually doing isn't going to offer a guarantee. The other word that I watch out for is if anybody says proprietary. So if any SEO company says we have a proprietary way of doing this or that, probably not. And it's probably a sales pitch because all of us have generally the same tools and resources available. It's just how we use them differently or better. And so it's very rare that somebody comes in and reinvents the wheel and builds some sort of SEO software or strategy or tactic that's not being used by the masses of SEO. Um, another common thing is, you know, some people say, well, don't I just like turn it on? Don't I just turn on these keywords in my website. And SEO is, is, as we've kind of touched on, it's much more about building a relationship and credibility with with Google and establishing that credibility of your website. And so it's not just stuffing keywords anymore. And very specifically, it's not the meta keyword tag. So even as far back as 2009, there's documented videos from Google's former head of search, Matt Cutts, saying we don't even use meta keywords anymore. So there's a lot of old things that still float around because I think, you know, SEO is kind of intangible in some respects. And I think that gives uh, some of the bad guys the opportunity to play with smoke and mirrors. And so there's a lot of these old things that still float around like those meta keywords.
0: Well, the thing that I always kind of like, you know, this a million times better than I do. But the thing that people kind of give me from that 10,000 foot viewpoint is, The algorithm changes really are designed so that a human being has a better interaction during the search. So all those black hat, you know, hitting the keywords, spamming them, all those things, like those are the things that rank really well, but then Google tries to tear them out because that's not the experience of a human. Am I correct in that?
1: Yeah, to a large part. Yeah. I mean, and and a big chunk of those got knocked out in those 2011-2012 algorithm updates. So in 11, there was an algorithm that came out called Panda, and it focused on quality content. So that stopped these black hat strategies of... Just rip off other people's content, copy and paste, copy and paste, and just make these really dense websites of garbage that you just stole from everybody else. Then the following year, there was an algorithm update called Penguin, which worked on backlinks, which is when another website links to you. And backlinks was the core part of Google's algorithm when they were the new search engine on the scene that that differentiated them from Lycos and Netscape and all those other things. Because what those other guys used to do is use meta keyword tags and things that webmasters could manipulate directly and so Google came along and said let's pay attention to backlinks external things that people are less likely to manipulate and so that's why Google drove such better results um, out the gates but then over time people caught on to the value in backlinks and started to manipulate those and so after those 11 and 12 algorithm updates everything moved from a quantity play to a quality play almost overnight so the things that you used to be able to do, maybe automated or semi-automated in 2010, there, there used to be software programs that you would just turn on and say, you know, go get backlinks from other websites. And But all the websites, because it was automated, were either garbage, worthless, or unrelated to what your actually, actual industry was. Right. And then a- after that, those programs just went out. I mean, they still exist, but it's pointless to use them. Um, and so now for the same amount of time you used to spend acquiring a 1000 links in a month or posting a 100 articles. Now it's all manually done. And now it's 10 links and then two to five articles, because it's way more about quality, as you said, to deliver a better product to the user.
0: So it almost sounds like really, the more important, like good copy is kind of that foundation. And then you're just trying to target the right information that will be the searches. I mean, is that fair or is it more complicated than that? The,
1: the, the, that's certainly part of it. I mean, if I had a good SEO 101 90-second crash course, um, you start with those two buckets. The first one is, you, you know, it, let's compare it to building a house. So you you build your foundation. So in this case, it would be your website structure. Make it load quickly. Make it mobile-friendly. Make it intuitive and user-friendly. Help people get to what they need to get to on your website. But after you build a foundation, nobody cares about it. They move on to the next thing and look at the pretty paint and wallpaper and pictures and furniture. And so it's like the same thing with a website. So now that your core stuff is done, you focus on the pretty content and links and you know relationship building. And it's like a popularity contest. So, you know, at the end of the day, an easy way to think about it is Google wants you to make them look good because they want to deliver a website in the search results that answers the people's questions. And then and then Google goes, yay. You know, or the customer goes, yay. Google did it for me again. They solved my problem. They answered my question. And then they come back and Google makes more ad revenue. So if you can just help people make Google look, but, look good by providing good content, good user experience on the website, something intuitive to work with, then that's kind of where you're going to get rewarded.
0: That makes a lot of sense. You know, I tell people on Facebook, we are the product. Facebook wants you to stay mm-hmm. on Facebook. And so from Google's perspective, they want you to come back to Google to answer every question.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So...
0: The, so it sounds like, I mean, the benefit of working with you all really is to make sure that that house is coming together correctly, to make sure that you know the uh, the right stuff's being done there on the front end, on the back end, that the user experience is correct. I mean, what's the what's the other benefit of working with you know your company?
1: So, I mean, we can answer it a couple of different ways. Us versus other SEOs is is the transparency and setting expectations. We've grown largely by referrals. And and so when we have a new leader, new client, I don't sell them. My team educates them. So the more that we can educate an audience or a client, the better they can help us help them. So it's much more transparent in the way that we approach it. Um, now, in general, back to, you know, you make a great point. So it sounds like it's working with somebody like you is to keep your ducks in a row and that's exactly what it is because if you isolate each component of seo it's not rocket science you know there's build a good website is one thing build good content is another thing network and build relationships to get links is another thing but the trick that you run into is when you try and balance the left brain and the right brain and the logistics behind it and doing it all consistently you know a great example is maybe 20 percent of the time when we're negotiating with a new client they say oh Well, part of that is doing blogs. Well, can I just have my in-house person do it? Every single time that we say, Well, it usually doesn't work out, but if you know that's what you think, then then the problem is that business owners are busy being business owners and that's what they should be doing. And so then you end up not getting that content, which then we can't repurpose into graphics or videos or other assets, which means we can't push it out, which means we don't get the content, which means we have nothing to leverage for backlinks and negotiating and building relationships. So it is the fact that we bring a streamlined quality controlled process that's scalable to it in a rounded approach.
0: Meanwhile, that blog post is being written by like their neighbor's kid who they owe a Mm -hmm. favor to.
1: Yeah, on to run a multi-million dollar
0: company off of you know these blog posts.
1: Yeah. You know, we had a client, um, the a uh, person we were negotiating with, and it was one of those, and it's and it was, well, can we do the blogs um internally? So while we were negotiating the agreement, next thing I see is a Facebook post from them saying, Hey, I'm looking for a JV and then a parentheses quote, cheap, uh content writer, anybody. And it's you know, that's just setting the pace for you're only disservicing yourself. Because right. there's a huge difference between um, a, 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 an aesthetically a pleasing design and a design that converts. You want one that converts. There's a huge difference between written content and optimized content. So you can't just say, I'm going to blog or I'm going to do a website. It, it, that doesn't mean it's going to perform.
0: So when you're talking about you know, your company, the scalability of this, that's scalability, that's ranking faster, that's ranking for more keywords, that's ranking higher, that's all those things, you know, where where can they scale?
1: It's ranking based on words you can monetize. So the okay. goal is to target what you can monetize. We don't wanna just say, hey, look, you're on page one for these five words that has no search volume behind it. So before we even start, what we do is we look at the competition and say, okay, where are they dominating? Where are the weak opportunities that we can sneak in and monetize? But then we also look at, okay, what's the, not only the quantity of search results that you're fighting against, but who within those search results. So we had a great example of a lead yesterday and they said, I said, well, give me some examples of some competing, some competitors and competing domains. They said, well, nobody's doing exactly what I'm doing, which may or may not be true. But here's what I had to illustrate. I said, okay, well, give me an example of what word or phrase you would want to show up for that you could monetize. And so we typed in that word and they had 25 million competing results. So let's say they were the only person in the world that did this one thing super well. It doesn't matter because there's 25 million other websites in your way, even if they're not an immediate competitor. From a search engine perspective, they are a competitor because they're in your way. So where we start is qualifying, okay, where can you actually make money? You know, another common problem is um, people want to say, I want to show up for this word or that word. And they're either too broad or they don't have the intent behind it that we talked about. And so we really focus on qualifying the words that... A are relevant and B have the search volume. Because um, even if they are relevant, maybe you have the opposite problem: not enough. There's not enough demand for that word to drive any conversions on it.
0: So, are there are there keywords and areas that you're just going to tell people like this is a waste of money, or is there a budget that would get ranking for any word?
1: No, we definitely tell people it's a waste of time. Sometimes uh, okay. a great example is, you know, we had a, an electronic contract manufacturer that prior to us starting, they wanted to focus on the word printed circuit boards and PCB, but the problem is they don't. So usually what these guys do is they buy blank circuit boards and then they, you know, piece them together as needed to create a final product, but they don't actually create the blank circuit boards but the people that search that phrase want the blank circuit boards. So prior to us coming in, after we reviewed, you know, their historical data, they were spending 80% of their budget on printed circuit boards when it drove next to zero of their sales. So we cut that out at face value. It sounds like that would be a good word, but when you actually look at the intent behind it, what people, what you should target instead is printed circuit board assembly, you know, something that drives the actual intent behind, um, the, the, the very specific service that you offer instead of just a generalized term.
0: But that sounds like more like that wasn't worth it for them or that wasn't worth it for anybody.
1: That wouldn't be worth it for anybody that works in assembly. So they, they work printed circuit board assembly that they assemble final goods. They don't create the blank circuit boards that you can buy in bulk.
0: Understandable. Okay. So there are, so really, so there are words out there that at this point are just not worth it to go after because you're not it's not a need that's monetizable.
1: No, it's a need, it's just for a different audience. You know, the those guys are targeting the people that need a final product whether it's a phone that has a circuit board or this monitor that has a circuit board. They do final assembly of electronics. They right. don't manufacture the individual components of a circuit board that go into it. So they buy those. They would be the customer for the person that would optimize for that word, but their customer is not.
0: Okay. All right. So then let me let me flip my question. So I don't know what the most difficult SEO thing is. I know from Google ads, like mesothelioma attorney in certain areas of the country were like 350 bucks a click or something insane. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that would be a difficult... Keyword to
1: rank for. Because okay, so, the is expensive. so so yeah, so you're asking more. Even if it was relevant, does does financially it make sense to target that because of how competitive it is? Right. Okay. Yeah, there's certainly sometimes we'd say no. That's usually based on two things: um, the quantity of competition or the quality of competition. So. Uh, if you go to Google on a desktop, this won't work on a mobile, but if you go on a desktop and you search keyword X, Y, Z, whatever you want to rank for, it's going to give you a quantity of search results that show up. That's how many people are in your way from being on page one. It doesn't matter if they're immediate competitors or not. They're in your way. So that's one thing you look at as a quantity. Is it less than a million results? That's actually relatively easy to accomplish. Huh. One to 20 million results. That's probably average, you know, 20 million to hundred million. Fairly competitive, hundred million plus, super competitive. Then the other thing you look at, let's say it only has a hundred thousand results, relatively speaking, that's super easy to optimize for. But as those hundred thousand people, the the among the sites that show up in those hundred thousand results, is it Amazon? Is it Walmart? You know these big gorillas. So depending on the quantity and or the quality of who you're fighting against, certainly there's times where you say that's way long of a target, and you could probably make money elsewhere.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that was, that answers my question. So it's, so there are those things where it's like your ship has sailed, you know, it's not worth it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's either the quality or quantity of the results are just too competitive. Or another great way to look at it, which also supports why quality or quantity is too competitive, is go to Google and just search the thing you'd want to rank for and look at what other types of sites come up. A reasonable amount of times we have, Um, you know, the results that will come up are completely unrelated to your actual industry. And so even though at face value, that's a term that you as the industry expert might search for, the general population that uses Google doesn't. And so Google takes that historical data and says, okay, well, if everybody searches XYZ and usually clicks on this other website, then let's not show website ABC as much, even though to you it sounds relevant.
0: Yeah, somebody was talking to me about Google Trends. Like you can look for people searching for lawyer versus attorney in certain areas over time, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Is that kind of what you're talking about?
1: No, I mean that that's actually uh, another good topic, uh, more on quality of content. So, kind of an example on that would be if you are a, a lawyer and your website largely says lawyer and not so much attorney. But if you rank really well for lawyer XYZ, then there's a reasonable chance you'll also rank well for uh, attorney XYZ because Google understands okay. that they're related. Now, what I'm talking about is you know maybe I'm trying to think of an example we had the other day. Um, let's say um, we sell. Let's say we sell uh, manufacture beds for cats. You know, just something random. So we have. Um, so in our, in our mind, one of the words we would want to rank for is pet beds. But then if you go to Google and you type in pet beds and just the first 50 results, five pages deep is dog beds. Then Google, historically speaking, most people that go to Google and type in pet beds end up clicking on a dog bed website. So, So it doesn't matter how much time and money you throw at it because in Google's opinion, you are not close enough related to what the masses generally want.
0: So in essence, Google will, basically, they'll override common sense by search history and consumer behavior.
1: Yeah, they stereotype the search queries and then align it based on what most people end up clicking on.
0: That's really interesting. I never uh, I never thought about it that way or had anybody explain it to me that way. But it makes sense. Again, I mean, Google wants you to use Google as the answer to all your problems, or at least the answer to all your questions.
1: Right, yeah.
0: So if you've got somebody, you know, who started a new company during coronavirus, got laid off, something like that, and they're just beginning on the path to, you know, building this brand, Um, they maybe they have a website put together, but maybe it was Wix or Squarespace or something like that, you know, are they, are there still things they can do from an SEO perspective or have they kind of ruined it with that bad foundation to begin with?
1: It's interesting you say Wix and Squarespace or even Weebly and GoDaddy's Builder and all these free builders. So they serve a purpose, which is to build a website quickly. And so that's fine if that's all you need. The problem that you run into with these self-hosted platforms like that are that you can only optimize as much as the platform gives you access to touch. And so they don't give you access to the raw files or the ability to certain page speed improvement things and so you do limit your potential because you know conversely if you use something like WordPress where you have access to everything then as you get more granular into your SEO efforts you can touch everything and so if you need to fix this thing you can fix this thing but if that thing isn't accessible on Wix or Weebly or Squarespace then you can't fix that thing so you can certainly make it you know a reasonable distance, depending on how competitive your industry is, but you will max out on your abilities.
0: Makes a lot of sense. All right. So any other, I guess kind of advice for that new business owner or that business owner on the path to growing the marketing budget. I mean, when's, when is the time to get that SEO stuff going?
1: You, you want to consider two things. The first one is cash flow. You know, as we talked earlier, it takes a while. So you want to make sure that you can give it a sufficient amount of time for it to prove its value. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, you got to have the patience to, to sit through that. It's not going to be anything that drives an immediate return, but it'll drive the bigger return later. So. You know, there's a couple things that I could leave you guys with that can help some of the listeners where maybe they can get a head start on their own. Um, there's a couple of free tools that are out there. So as we talk, bucket one, bucket two. So bucket one is improve your page speed, your mobile friendliness of your website. Um, so some of the free tools you can use is Google has a tool called Google Page Speed Insights. It'll tell you what's slowing down your website. Um, that's a good tool if you're kind of more on the novice level. If you're more advanced and kind of know how to work with a website, then another good tool is gtmetrics, M-E-T-R-I-X.com. That's also free, but it's much more detailed. And so that might be too overwhelming for the novices. Um, And then one of my favorite tools for content generation is, you know, a lot of times people say, okay, I understand that content is valuable, but I don't know what to write about. So what I recommend is start with a tool, answerthepublic.com, which is also free. You can go there, you can type in a word. The example I always give is shoes. So you type in shoes and it spits out this visual chart that says the who, what, when, where, and why of shoes. And where that data comes from is, you know, one example is, you know, Jordan, you know how you go to Google and you start typing something in and Google goes, oh, I think you might want this longer sentence. Right. So Answer the Public takes data from places like that. And what that data represents is other historical searches, other things that people repeat and search over and over and over. So that is your audience telling you exactly the repetitious type of things that they want to know. And so you can go in there and, and look at the results from answer the public and say, Oh, well, I can answer this question. And this question is immediately relevant. And the beauty of it is, is the, that's your audience right there. And so you don't have to throw a mud at the wall and you can write something very specific um, based on your skill set and your knowledge and services you offer.
0: Pro tip though, do not leave your computer open to answer the public because the <laughs> electronic person that they have will freak you out.
1: Yeah, I they change
0: they, or something.
1: They changed it. It used to be like this older gentleman that would just give you anxiety. The new guy still gives you anxiety, but it's a different type of anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> just when yeah, stares at the screen. What's up? When did they change it? Uh, it's been a couple of months. I'd say oh, probably okay. six months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It used to be now, now it's a guy that he goes through different motions and he still does like the creepy stares and just, it just looks at you ominously like are you going to input something <laughs> i'm
0: i'm just glad that all of us feel the exact same way about the website it is wonderful but also unnerving
1: yeah i wonder i wonder why it's definitely intentional that they did that but i wonder why they chose to do that
0: i i don't know maybe to to keep these conversations going i'm not, I'm not sure that's
1: actually a valid point yeah maybe this is their marketing strategy <laughs>
0: yeah i don't know
1: um, okay. So anything else
0: along those lines, you're talking about the free tips, the page speed, answer the public.
1: Um, no, I mean, the content's where I would say to focus on, because usually when you come in, you're a business owner, you know, you shouldn't have to bury yourself in all the techie stuff. So if you want to try and do something on your own, focus on the content because you are the subject matter expert. And so I would just really try and deliver as much of your knowledge. In any way you can so whether that's blogging or if you're not a writer then do videos and then if you do the video then run it through a transcription program you know descript.com is one that's cheap so record your video throw it in there have it spit out the text version then just polish it up so you can write that way so focus on your core competencies which you know if you're not hiring SEO usually means you're gonna work on content production
0: makes a lot of sense and that kind of goes back to you know your own your own personal viewpoint on providing value you know, the more content that you can have that actually helps your ideal client, that provides value to them, that shows that, you know, you we are talking about, the more people are going to just sell themselves on using you for the answer when they can't do it themselves.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the generally people want to buy anyway. They just have to find the person that makes them feel comfortable in making that transaction. And probably even more so nowadays than usually just because of all everything that's going on politically and economically, people want that little extra trust factor or ability to relate to um you know who they're going to be paying so if you can showcase your personality and your expertise then it kind of brings those sales walls down
0: yeah that's that's why well i like video one because i hate writing law school ruined that for me but two exactly, <laughs> I think better interaction on video than you do reading somebody's article
1: yeah yeah exactly all right so
0: as we get towards the end here um, we've got seonational.com we've got the free seobook.com Uh, The book was called Outrank, and then there's also the Facebook group where you share some free tips for people to Mm -hmm. go ahead and do that. What else do you want to share with our listener, watchers, however people are consuming this?
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate the opportunity to jump on. You you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Those are my platforms of choice. I often do the value thing there and give away free tips and tricks in the SEO world, and um, I'm a pretty personable person, so shoot me a message.
0: All right. Thank you so much for joining us today.